but it's rising. This is helping. The war in Iraq is helping. Seeing political figures like Jack Abramoff is helping people open their eyes and sh- have a shift, just a little shift of their perception. So now's the time for that to happen. Yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, I feel like we should also mention that there is, you know, Jill Carroll, an Ann Arbor woman who is in Iraq for all the right reasons, and, you know, our hearts go out to her and her family, and not just for Jill Carroll, but for everyone who's in a precarious situation in Iraq. I didn't Iraq. know she was from, a, she was from Ann Arbor. She's from Ann Arbor, here on high school. Are I mean, you our hearts me? and our prayers go out to all the men, all the women. Uh, you know, including the Iraqi people who are in peril right now, right. who are in danger. But, um, you know, we hope that the efforts ongoing to, you know, work to get Jill Carroll released will um, come to fruition. And certainly we are thinking about her, but we're also thinking about all the people. And those are people that she went to Iraq to help. Joe, I want to thank you for coming in. Joe, say your last name for me. Kylema. Joe Kylema is a graduate student at the U of M School of Social Work. He, he's working with Michigan PeaceWorks and an organization called Youth Peace Network. So I'm going to encourage you to visit Michigan PeaceWorks website, which is michiganpeaceworks.org. That's right. Uh, Ollie, you're sounding kind of like a wimp lately and a real like hippie kind of guy what's all this like <laughs> our hearts go out stuff and let's not well, be negative let me just say that when i was <laughs> a young man the military recruiters kind of looked down on me too you know but they didn't get me you know no, and in those days they were drafting us and hey i got a high lottery number so instead of me fighting in Vietnam, I got to fight your dad when he was a Washtenaw <laughs> County Sheriff and when he was banging heads of protesters on the Diag in the early 1970s, oh, I was one of them. Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. And, and he was a tough <laughs> opponent, let me tell you. Well, he's six, six and he's, you know, a Navy guy. And uh, why do you think I'm as foul-mouthed and crabby as I am? Well, now I know. Thanks for coming in, Joe. Thank you. For Ollie Transboy Bratton, I'm Charmy Golson. You've been listening to Renegade Solutions. It's a White Buffalo Woman production. I think it was engineered by Carl today. I don't know. Alex is standing around back there. We're not sure what's happening. We'll see you next week. Remember, we are all related. Mitaku ye oyasin. All right. Thanks. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that? Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay Good evening. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Hi, I'm Mike. It's just a little after 6.30. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, and there's a whole lot of convergence of food and culture and issues going on right now, so we want to get right to that. But first of all, some sad news. Uh, Wilson Pickett has died. Wicked Pickett died today. The great soul singer died today of a heart attack at the age of 64, And we're going to start just by hearing a song by Wilson Pickett. It's a song, He Can't Do Anything Wrong. I have a version of Sugar, Sugar by him, you know, the Archie song that he did. And he just killed that song. It was great. I don't have it on me, but I've got this. And this starts with dinner.
That's Wilson Pickett, who just passed away today. We lost Lou Rawls earlier this month, and now we've lost Wilson Pickett. It's Balin Hay on a Rainy Day, and that's from a 1975 album called Join Me and Let's Be Free. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and there's a lot going on, as I was just talking about earlier. There is a mosaic made of gumballs, which includes the faces of Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks depicted in gumballs. This is true. And it was put together on Martin Luther King Day, or which was really this week, of course, in Ohio at Kent State University. This is from the Associated Press. Yesterday in Ravenna, Ohio, at least 100 people helped fill more than 100 four-foot clear plastic tubes with 13,000 gumballs following a color key. Each tube was placed into a frame to create a mosaic to the civil rights icons. Sculptor Franz Spahn says the idea grew from his work with 
cake sprinkles. The mosaic will be displayed at Kent State University through February, which is Black History Month. So a mosaic made of gumballs of Rosa Parks and the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. at Kent State University. And I've looked up this fellow, this sculptor, Franz Spahn. I'm not sure if I've pronounced his name correctly, S-P-O-H-N. And I'm going to have to try to get him on this show. I've just got to have to try because he's done children's television shows. He's done other art installations and from cake sprinkles to gumballs. And I'm just totally fascinated by this. In other food-oriented news of social significance, this is the mayor of New Orleans, Ray Nagin. This city will be chocolate at the end of the day. City will be a majority African American city. Yes. It's the way God wants it to be. That's what Ray Nagin, the mayor of New Orleans, said on Martin Luther King Day. And it's been all over the news because people have different ideas about what he meant by that. And here's the thing New Orleans was an African American majority city, and now he's saying it's going to be an African American majority city. And it's really rubbed some people the wrong way because some people are saying, well, what are you saying? Other ethnic groups can't be a part of it. That's not exactly what he said. Maybe we should just listen to it one more time. This city will be chocolate at the end of the day. This city will be a majority African-American city. It's the way God wants it to be. So a lot of people said, why are you excluding other people? And he apologized. Mayor Ray Negan of New Orleans apologized for suggesting in any way that there, that other people might be excluded from New Orleans. And a lot of people said, why did you say that in the first place? And other people said, why did you apologize? So it's really interesting. It's been all over the news. Things people say can be very fascinating, and, and especially when they don't say it in the whole, in the normal, bland, boring kind of way, and they get interesting, and they say things really in interesting ways. Uh, but he didn't say the words Chocolate City. However, there is a tune called Chocolate City, and we're going to listen to some of that right now from Parliament, the great P-Funk people, and uh, we're going to, I can't resist putting a little bit of, of Ray Funk in there, too, so we're going to hear some of that now. This city will be chocolate at the end of the day. Oh, what's happening, C.C.? They still call it the White House, but that's a temporary condition, too. Can you dig it, CZ? To each is reach, and if I don't cop, it ain't mine to have. But I'll be reaching for you, because I love you, CC. Right on. There's a lot of chocolate cities around. We've got Newark, we've got Gary. Somebody told me we got L.A. And we're working on Atlanta. You're the capital. Daddy Get down. Daddy Moving in Can't you feel my breath? Daddy All up around your neck. Hey, CC. They say you jive and game and can't be changed. But on the positive side, you're my piece of the rock, and I love you, CC. Can you dig it? Hey, uh, we didn't get our 40 acres and a mule, but we did get you, CC. <laughs> yeah. Gaining on ya. <laughs> Moving in around ya. God bless CC and his vanilla suburbs. <laughs> hey. 
Come to march on you, tell them to make sure they got their James Brown pass. And don't be surprised if Ali is in the White House. And Reverend Ike, Secretary of the Treasure. Richard Pryor, Minister of Education. Stevie Wonder, Secretary of Fine Arts. And Miss Aretha Franklin, the First Lady. Are you out there, CC? A chocolate city is no dream. It's my piece of the rock. And I dig you, CC. God bless Chocolate City and its vanilla suburbs. Can y'all get to that? Easy, it. In your stuff. <laughs> Can't get enough. Funky too. Right on Chocolate City. Yeah. Get deep. That is Parliament, and that is Chocolate City, and there's a little bit of New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagin thrown in there. We sent him back in time to the 70s and brought him back to, on a sort of a funky loop back to now. It's quarter to seven, and this is Pandora's Lunchbox. In a few minutes, we're going to look at something very interesting, 
a museum of racist memorabilia exists at Ferris State University in the western part of Michigan. And about 40 items from that museum are in Howell right now at a exhibit called Hateful Things. And we're going to talk to the Howell Area Chamber of Commerce president about what it's doing there and why they want to raise awareness of the issues that are definitely brought up by such an exhibit. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about a few other things. For one thing, this is going a little off the subject, but Chinese New Year is coming up, and we're going to be doing a show on that next week, so we're definitely going to get involved in that next Thursday. In the meantime, if you want to get a leg up on the Chinese New Year, you can celebrate the Chinese New Year at the Ann Arbor District Library with a festive program of dance, music, and taiji, and a fashion show. And says here in the current, there will be food and refreshments prepared for the Chinese Spring Festival. That's going to be this Saturday at 2 p.m. at the Ann Arbor District Library. And we have some more information here for you, some facts, things that are going on right now. Sorry, this takes just a moment here. But I did want to let you know, this is some food news. The Agriculture Department says that the food pyramid should mention mercury. The U.S. Department of Agriculture says it will alter its new food pyramid because it now fails to highlight mercury warnings for fish. Swordfish, mackerel, and tuna are recommended in the pyramid, which is based on dietary guidelines released last January. And swordfish and one type of mackerel, specifically the king mackerel, are among the fish with high mercury levels that the Food and Drug Administration has advised pregnant women, nursing mothers, and young children to avoid. Those groups are also warned to eat no more than one serving per week of albacore or white tuna. And that is, once again, the Agriculture Department says the food pyramid should mention mercury, so it looks like they are tinkering with it, continuing to tinker with it, and they're going to keep doing that right now. Now, we're going to listen to something right now, and in a few minutes, we're going to talk to the president of the Howell Area Chamber of Commerce. Now, I believe there are some folks over in the studio down the hall, and if they can hear me right now, that there is a piece of music that is ready to go. This is a song of tolerance, and it's also a song about food. This is a song by Louis Jordan. And if we're ready to go, then this is it. This is Louis Jordan and Beans and Cornbread. Nope. Okay. So this is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food, and in a moment we're going to get some beans and cornbread. But in the meantime, we're going to hear a little bit more Chocolate City. Okay. Oh, what's happening, CC? They still call it the White House, but that's a temporary condition, too. Can you dig it, CC? To each is reach, and if I don't cop, it ain't mine to have. But I'll be reaching for you, because I love you, CC. Right on. There's a lot of chocolate cities uh, around. We've got Newark, we've got Gary. Somebody told me we got L.A. <laughs> and we're working on Atlanta. But you're the capital. Can't you feel my breath? <laughs> All up around your neck. <laughs> hey, CC. They say you jive and game and can't be changed. But on the positive side, you're my piece of the rock, and I love you, CC. A little bit more of Chocolate City by Parliament, and now here is Mr. Lewis Jordan, Beans and Cornbread. Okay. 
This is now silence masquerading as Louis Jordan Beans and Cornbread. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food, and in just a moment we're going to be speaking to the Howell Area Chamber of Commerce president. She'll be calling us in just a moment. Let's hear some Parliament again. God bless D.C. and his vanilla suburbs. Sometimes shows just don't go the way you expect them to. It's all my fault, and I've made some mistakes on the board here. But here is some Louis Jordan for you. I'll be ready to tell the night of me. That's what bees do, Congress. Bees always get mad at me. I ain't mad at you. Cornbread by the toe. Bean said, Cornbread, let me go. Cornbread said, I'll lay you low. I'm gonna fight you, you so and so. Meet me on the corner. Meet me on the corner. You're mine. That's what Bean said, Cornbread. You're so bad. You always wanna fight. Meet me on the corner. The fine night. And I'm gonna beat the devil at I'm almost dead. Beans. Beans told Conrad, get up, man. Beans. You know that we go hand in hand. Beans and Conrad. Beans and Conrad. Hand in hand. Beans. That's what Beans said to Conrad. We should stick together hand in hand. hand, hand. We should hang out together like wieners and sauerkraut. We should stick together hand like a hot dog and mustard. We should get up Beans. every morning Beans. and hang out together Beans. like sisters and brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Every Saturday night, we should hang out like chitlins and potato salad. Okay, it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN. That was Lewis Jordan and Beans and Cornbread. And we have a guest on the phone. Thank you for calling us. Oh, my pleasure. Yes, and this is Pat Conaway. Convery. Convery, I'm sorry. That's all right. You are from the Howell Area Chamber of Commerce. You're the president, yes? Yes, and I'm a board member of Livingston 2001 Diversity Council. Okay, and I have some questions about a very interesting exhibit and a very troubling and very educational exhibit now called Hateful Things. Could you tell us about that? Hateful Things is a 39-piece traveling exhibit uh, that comes to us from First State University, and it's part of the uh, Jim Crow Museum that First State uh, has put together up there. And it is, as you say, very troubling and very educational. It contains about 39 objects of culture from the late 19th century to the present and uh, really embodies the effects of the Jim Crow legacy. There's um, quite quite a combination of things from popular culture items to advertising to uh, scenes from the civil rights struggle. Uh, It's very powerful. 
And what are some of the items in there that you find particularly powerful? Well, some of the signage is the original signage uh, from the era, era when uh, no African Americans or some other races were, were not allowed in certain areas. So there are actual signage from that. I don't really wish to repeat the oh, the words used. This is kind of a tough thing to do, uh, a kind of a tough interview. Um, there are some uh, images of uh, African American children uh, with uh, uh, troubling notations underneath it. Mm. Uh, African Americans stereotypically shown. Um, Exaggerated features, uh, comical. Um, also, the uh, an African American's uh, stereotyped as uh, not smart or mm-hmm. uh, brutish. Let's put it that way, uh, which is all part of a legacy that really contributed to uh, a lot of violence, uh, misconceptions, and stereotypes against African Americans even today. Dr. David Pilgrim. Uh, Put together the museum. He has started collecting items like this when he was a young boy. He is he is himself African American, and he's a sociologist. And um, these items are presented uh, with panels uh, describing them and how they were used, where they were found. So it everything is put in context. Uh, and people, uh, the experience we've had this past week showing this in the gallery is that. People come in and may watch uh, all or all or portions of a 45-minute uh, DVD by Dr. Pilgrim about his work, and then they go into the next room and they immediately fall silent. It's the quietest place in town mm-hmm. as they move from piece to piece and uh, and learn. What What do you hope that people will learn from this to to bring out of it? What may be some positive things out of the of uh, the horrible things that happened, may- maybe there is some something they can bring. Well, it is a reminder of our racist past, but um, it gives gives people really a, a new vision, they get new eyes, in which to see racial stereotyping and even the subtle racial stereotyping that, that occurs today that you may not even realize until mm. you see an exhibit like this. Wow. And there is also a website where there is uh, quite a few other items yes, as well. Yes, it's, it's an excellent website that Ferris has put together. It's uh, Ferris, you know, F-E-R-R-I-S dot E-D-U forward slash Jim Crow, all one word. And it's quite a scholarly website, uh, images, essays, uh, information. It's a, a very extensive study of, uh, of the Jim Crow era to the present. And one thing I thought that was interesting on the website that Dr. David Pilgrim mentioned is that this can promote racial understanding, as you mentioned, and healing. I think yes. that was an interesting thought that he had. Yes, yes, and it, it's interesting. We've had people of all races come together uh, in the gallery to look at this, and uh, it's really caused dialogue, um, very constructive dialogue amongst those people. And also on the website, there's a list of the different kinds of stereotypes, and it really makes one think about, unfortunately, the effort that was put into into that st- those stereotypes. Absolutely, absolutely. It was it was in, in most cases done uh, deliberately, um, and uh, it uh, 
really accomplished what uh, some people set out to do, which which is a sorrowful chapter in our history. Yes. But I would invite people to come to see it. it. It will be running through Sunday. And where is the exact location in Howell? It is 123 West uh, West Grand River in Howell. It's right downtown. It's at the uh, on the main floor of the Howell Opera House building. We have a beautiful uh, opera house that someday will be restored in the theatrical performance areas on the second and third floor. This is on the main floor. Uh, and use the Walnut Street entrance right around the corner. And the hours are tomorrow through 6 o'clock, and then Saturday and Sunday from noon until 4. Actually, if you're in the Howell area, you have another hour to still see it tonight. Oh, okay. And are, what are, the, are there some other thoughts you'd like to add on that? Um, 2001 Diversity Council has been around since 1988. We've done a lot of programming uh, a lot of dialogue. We've had uh, speakers and programs, Martin Luther King Day um, programs. Um, we've had speakers come in on different ethnicities, from American Indian to uh, Muslim and African American. I think this is the most powerful thing we've ever done, and I think it's it's reached out to so many people, uh, both within our community and, and throughout southeastern Michigan. Well, Pat, thank you very much for being on our program here. Well, thank you for asking me, and I do invite you to come to Howell and, and take a look. Yes, that, again, that is tonight for another hour, and mm-hmm. it's also Friday for from 3 to 8, and this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 4, correct? That's correct. Okay. This is the exhibit called Howell, it's called, called Hateful Things. Right. It's an exhibit that hopes to trample racial stereotypes by 